Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, welcome to Elijah Streams. Today is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley. I'm filling in for Steve Schultz today. We have an awesome Wednesday plan. Kat is here with us and she's going to be sharing updates, but also answering questions that you guys have sent in. And there is a list of amazing questions. I can't wait to hear her answer because some of these questions I myself am like, yes, yes. What does this mean? So I'm so excited to be here with all of you today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being family with us and coming and watching us each and every day. Thanks for sharing the good news of Jesus to all your friends and family and just being so faithful to us. And, you know, you guys, your giving has done incredible things for the people in Uganda. We want to share a video with you guys of what your giving has done for these people. I mean, fresh water is absolutely changing their lives. So take a look at this incredible video. The waters that were already existing here in Uganda, we thought they were the safe ones to have, but actually they weren't safe at all. We would have to share these waters with the animals. And you can imagine all the different contamination that can happen and go on. In Uganda, fetching water is done by the young children, the young boys and the girls. You had to move a long, long distance. And usually it is done in the morning and also sometimes very late in the evenings. We also have the elderly, who we call the judges. These are the very old grandparents of different families who sometimes can't walk and also sometimes can't be able to carry the cans that we use to fetch the water. So they have to take days without even taking a shower or sometimes even not preparing a meal because they are saving water for the next day. I would like to say thanks to the opportunity that you guys came to this community and are changing so many lives. We appreciate you so much and may God bless you. Oh, and may God bless you, Lillian, and all those sweet babies and all those people there. You know, I just think of the scripture when, you know, Jesus says, when we give a cup of cold water to one of these, his disciples, you know, our reward is great in heaven and moving the heart of the father looks like giving to the poor, looks like giving to those in need. And by partnering with us to do that, I mean, you're really touching the heart of God and touching the heart of so many people who see his tangible love through our giving and through them building wells and it's changing lives. It's incredible. That video is so touching. So thank you again so much from the bottom of our hearts for giving and partnering with us to show the love of Christ to the people all around Uganda. Thank you guys so much. If you have not yet uh, followed American Warriors or heard of American Warriors yet, uh, it is an amazing, incredible um, documentary series that Steve Schultz's brother Warren uh, does and it talks all about different soldiers and um, all these amazing stories from these men who've been through war and and seen it firsthand, lived it firsthand. Um, that there's a brand new episode of American Warriors premiering today. You can find that on YouTube. 
and also on Rumble. If you search American Warriors on Rumble or YouTube, you can find a brand new show going to air today. And today's show is about Les Davis. He's a 17, he was a 17 year old farm boy who joined the army to get away from home for what he expected would be an exciting adventure. He found himself in Korea within six hundred men in his company caught in a brutal battle in which only he and one other survived. This is the story of his experience and how it changed his life. And this here's the, the story of of uh, Anoy Masker. The fighting just went on and on and on. And uh, finally I thought I better just get out of here. I started running. I think I must have run for two miles. I, I had no idea at the time, but later on I had found out that there was supposedly two survivors from that massacre. I didn't really think about myself as a, as a survivor, just a, another soldier. And I just did what I was told to do. Les, thank you so much for your service to America. And for everyone that is intrigued in watching that, please head over to American Warriors. Make sure you subscribe. Um, click the, the uh, subscribe button, the bell notification, so that way you guys can be aware of when a brand new episode of American Warriors comes out. Um, and we appreciate you guys heading over there because Warren works so hard, you guys, on these shows, and he does an incredible job. Make sure you comment, like, share this with others, encourage these men, pray for Les Davis, pray for others, uh, get involved in showing your love to these men who gave up so much of their life for our freedom. All right, without further ado, we have Kat Kerr coming on today and she's gonna be sharing amazing stuff with us. So let's bring her on and hear what she has to say. Love your intro, Kat, it's so cute. I'm happy to be here. I know it says Wednesdays with Kat, but it's gonna be Wednesdays with, with Kelsey and Kat today. So <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be with you, Kat. I always love hearing all your revelation and your wisdom on heaven. Um, but before we get into the questions, would you share with us any updates and amazing things that happened last weekend? Oh yeah, uh, it was awesome this past weekend. I was with Robin and I call her Lady Robin since it's Robin and Robin Bullock. <laughs> and um, I actually got to stay in their vintage Victorian mansion wow. that uh, someone sold them so ridiculously, wonderfully uh, priced. And it's on the highest hill right there in Warrior, Alabama. Of course it is. And I got to speak in their new sanctuary that they had. He had bought like a shopping center in such a short amount of time. It is an amazing place. I think they went from seating like 250 to 1,200 now. Oh, and, crazy. And it was packed. It was awesome. But I got to speak twice. And then uh, for Sunday morning, uh, the, the Holy Spirit said, you need to impart the life of God to people. And that is a thing. That is a thing that I carry. Uh, it's not just something. It's not just a word about something. It's not just a movement. 
it actually is a presence and it's the life of God. And when the father anointed me to do this, I was not expecting what happened. It's sometimes for the very first time when I do that, people literally feel the presence, the manifest presence of God, because it's his life. It's just like standing before him almost. <laughs> but it just comes out of my hands. It's like blue, it looks like blue smoke or blue fire. Sometimes with fire anointing, it's like blue fire, blue smoke kind of and it makes a cloud that you can't always see some pe people see a little mist of it but somebody captured a picture which really amazed me and it literally you literally see it coming out of my hands i'm about to lay it on somebody's son and they took the picture and you could see it come out of my hands wrap around them and then go into this cloud around the area i was standing in and i always let people know you need to be prepared for being undone Okay, it's not me, it's him, uh, totally undone. Sometimes you hear him say something. You Sometimes you'll shake, sometimes you will jump, sometimes they jump. Uh, it's like getting hit with lightning sort of in some way, but the presence is so strong. People sometimes weak, sometimes they laugh, but they don't stand up for very long. And it e even goes to the people, it passes through, it's a spiritual thing, which it can happen, people who... Uh, normally lay hands on people in, in any kind of a ministry situation. It's the spiritual thing that they're releasing so it can pass through that person's body to the people behind them, to the ushers. And the ushers always get really kind of wiped out. They'll stand up there. They're standing up there. It lasted five hours. Five hours I stood and imparted to every single person there. And it got stronger and stronger. But I was, I was not expecting to see it in that picture but it totally captured it i'm going to see if she can send it to me maybe we can show it next time uh, but it was That'd amazing awesome. and people were so overwhelmed some pe people were healed some people were set free but the most precious thing was everybody in the line when they would come up to me they would go <laughs> they wanted to hug and hold on to me but we didn't never got done we, we we would have never got done but it was awesome it was powerful and god really does love you he does and they would walk up there and I would say, he loves you. And then I would lay my hand right here on them. I always tell them where I'm going to lay it. And because it comes right here from the center mm -hmm. of my hand and it flows right into their spirit. And so it was, it was an exciting time to be there. And of course, uh, I got, we got to sit a little bit with Robin and talk to them about things that are coming, things that are hearing. We do the same thing. So it's wonderful to develop a friendship with some of these uh, prophets, you know, because we understand each other <laughs> we know it's not going to be normal in the household it is never normal not in mine not in theirs not in hank not in anybody's but it's wonderful that in the past you didn't always get to do that you came and went came and went but i really wanted to have a relationship so that's really developing and i'm excited about it but we are all in agreement on one thing life is about to never be the same again God is absolutely going to move on this earth and a powerful, amazing things are about to happen. And uh, I think next week, which will be number 100 episode, I think we should definitely have some cake during that event. <laughs> yes. Everybody get your cake already for next week. For next Wednesday. <laughs> yes. And I, I wanted to ask you something about when you release the life of God, when people walk up is there a posture for people who've never experienced anything like that? Maybe they haven't been to a meeting where someone's laid hands on them. 
can you posture yourself to you receive? You stand like this. You know, you have your hands. You're receiving it. This is this is like I'm receiving it. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming from God. He just uses me to do that. But that's what I tell people. If you're uncomfortable, just hold your hands out like you're about to receive something because you are. You don't you don't have to raise them up. You don't have to even touch me at all. And so I but I always let the people know sometimes he'll tell me to impart it to uh, their their soul, which is the, by your stomach. The core of your very core of your spirit man, the very center of your spirit man is where your soul is. And wow. your soul is not a little thing. It is not little. It's, it looks like this beautiful, amazing, big column. And God has written things to you on this column. It's your soul. And he writes on it. So it's like this column. And then off of that comes layers of you, like a big fan. And it's wow. you. you have, there's many images of you in, on your soul. Those are your emotions. And then your mind is a little bit at the top of this thing. So your mind, your will, which is that powerful column. And God did write things to you on there when you were in heaven before you left to come to earth. So uh, I understand how it operates. All those layers of you, if I could have a book to fan it out, I would do it. Um, in, in between all those layers. So it's not layers like I used to say not like a fluffy biscuit no i used to say like an onion and the holy spirit said excuse me we would rather be a fluffy biscuit than an onion <laughs> if you do not know holy spirit I tell you. <laughs> he makes me laugh a lot but he also tweaks me he also shares things with me that's why he's there yes he gives you guidance he gives you instruction but he also can be very funny so after yeah. i start saying you know sort of like a fluffy biscuit not an onion <laughs> But I love that. I actually finally just drew, and we're actually going to have the image made like like a piece of art. Uh, wow. It's amazing that you really understand how you are put together. And you know, those things, the soul and the spirit man, no man can make those. You know, the flesh part, yes. That's why they need heaven involved. Heaven is involved all the time in your lives, even at the very time of your conception. They take uh, one of the little spirits of life, that would be you or me or someone, when that's where we came from, and he would take us down to the mother's womb at the time of conception and knit and attach that little spirit, man and soul, to that flesh, and that is when life begins. That's when your life begins, when you're attached together, and the, the body, little body, the baby grows, your spirit man grows also, uh, but it says in the Bible, God said, I knit you together in your mother's womb. And people think, well, he put her arms and legs on. That's not what he did. He literally took you, you that was still you, your little spirit uh, man, and attached it to the to the mother's womb so it could grow. So that's how life begins. So but really, when you have when you have that moment where a husband and wife meet and and that happens, life gets created. Yeah you really have a true visitation from the father that you do have a visitation every single woman who's ever been a mother had that visitation and it's the only way life can be it's the only way if you remember in the bible in genesis when um they made it when they made adam when the lord made adam and his body was perfect and it says it was laying there but there was no life in it, it was just a body and the father who was with him leans over and breathes Adam's spirit of life that it says in the Bible, that was his spirit, man and soul, breathes it into his nostrils. And he said, 
you have become a living soul that's what he called him so that's when he adam got his soul then he was alive and then he could think and make decisions but really in a way it happened to all of us so at the time of conception your guardian angels are sent then when holy wow. spirit brings that little spirit little spirit of life with your soul in it and that is attached your guardian angels are brought with that so you never even left heaven alone and they will hang around the mother i see them all the time with pregnant women that baby's angels are outside the mother waiting so that they can be, be, be with that baby from the time that you're born oh and what do you what do you think about when jesus blew on the disciples and said receive the holy spirit like it would it always reminds me like it's it's like um it's like that new birth like he, right. like god blew into adam jesus blew into the That's disciples right. so we we actually we receive from each of them the godhead the father son and holy spirit there's something we receive from each of them at some time on this earth you will have an encounter even though you don't see it the father sends you down here right and uh implants you in there and then jesus helps to bring holy spirit and then he also is inside of you Jesus. right and so um but you get something from all three of them because you've been forever with the father you lived in him it says in the bible uh, in him we live we move we have our very being that is the father because we didn't live inside of jesus he he had enough of us when, when we were born and he had to come die for us but you know when you receive christ he does step inside of you when you receive holy spirit as your guide you know as your guide and your counselor and he's still part of the godhead he puts a layer of himself which is a whole of himself this is this is revelation stuff people okay and then you receive him Mm -hmm. so i'm telling you you are so filled at that moment with the father the son and the holy spirit that's what makes you powerful but you need to know who you are and so i love all this revelation that they, that they have given me about how they put us together and then what begins to happen in our lives because of us having them but holy spirit who indwells you really that's the best way to get him to, to have him speak to you now when he first comes to you he'll walk alongside you so he's alongside you. So, so when you get born again, he comes alongside you? Comes alongside. He comes alongside. But you have to invite him. Inviting is part of heaven's protocol. You have to invite to partake. So you must invite Jesus Christ to be your savior after you've repented. And then he literally will step inside of you. And then when you invite the Holy Spirit, he will too. So if you had a spiritual picture of this this thing about them dwelling and abiding in you you would be so amazed i can sketch it i haven't sketched it yet it'll probably be in book three but oh, you awesome. step uh, have them step in you and i will give you this information when you get to heaven the father will be sitting there and jesus will step inside of him holy spirit will step inside of him and you will step inside of them and we will be one mm. <laughs> Wow. Jesus was talking to the Father and he said to the Father, You and me and me and you, that means they can have ability to step inside of each other. Father, I pray that they will be just like us. They will be one with us, just like that. And so you do get to do that when you get to heaven. It is an amazing uh uh you get overwhelmed so much by the love and the life flowing in you, and you feel so powerfully amazed 
at what has just occurred uh, occurred in your life but most people don't get that told to them they don't understand most pastors don't understand that god did put you together literally sent you from himself and it says you know he is our father we are his offspring well Every mother knows that means you carry them and then you have them. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. And so he literally did carry us. And by the way, everybody, you've been from the beginning to the end and the end to the beginning because he, we were still, we were in him before he made this earth. It wasn't like one day he made us. Not that way. We've always abided in him as a little spirit being. And you used to jump on the, the rainbow as it came from him. You, you'd ride it. You can see him in heaven. They'll come from him and ride on this rainbow that goes in and out and moves like the northern lights in, in and out of him in waves of bands of color. Do they look like, do the spirits look like little lights or little beings? Because he's called, um, the father's called the father of lights. Yes. Is that the little spirits? It is. Uh, we had a little, our little spirit. You did, saw it looked like a little child, kind of, but not okay. a baby. Um, when he says, you know, every good and perfect gift, which be us, comes down from the Father of lights. The reason they said that is your spirit man is made totally out of light. Wow. Uh, you can see them. They look like, you know, little individuals, but you're lit up. You literally have light in you from living in him so the father of lights is not talking about the stars it's talking about all of those all of those whoever lived you lived in god first even the ones who don't want him that's where you came from you are his offspring and he's going to get you <laughs> <laughs> and does that tie into with like because a lot of people wonder about foreknowledge and predestination uh -huh. you hear a lot of people well if god knows everything already then what can i you know even the bible talks about what can i do you know god knows everything pre we were foreknown and predestined yes we were foreknown is and that's because we've always been that's there. right yes yeah he already made plans for us while we were in him and he literally chose what generation of time you would be born in he this is what the holy spirit says he timed your birth on the earth that's what the father does he knows when he needs you here he knows what your gift will be that he puts in you he knows what will be happening so he needs you for specific things on the earth that's why he sends you in a certain time like all of my family he handpicked each one of us separately for us to be a family so he knew we while we lived in him would be a family he knew my he knew who my husband was now the father even told me okay <laughs> I wasn't necessarily looking to be, get married at the time. The father said, I chose him. I chose him for you before the earth was made. Oh, wow. So you, you need to marry him. <laughs> I know he doesn't say that to everybody. I've heard other people say that they knew that God picked him. But the father, because of what I'm doing, had to pick somebody as my husband who would not mind me spending a lot of time traveling and speaking or even live, living the very different kind of life you know, some people wouldn't like it or wouldn't want me to do it. And so he picked somebody who wouldn't mind at all. And that's why he handpicked him. And so he he chose, he cho chooses who's supposed to be in a family. Now, he doesn't cause things to happen to you. There's a devil on this earth. And anytime the devil can kill, steal, and destroy, he's going to try to do it. He's afraid. Every time somebody's born, it threatens him. Because that one 
might be somebody powerful in the kingdom they would crush him push it back and and expose stuff so so that's why he doesn't want us here and satan knows where we came from he knows that we are god's children he's not he was made like formed like you know out of something he was he didn't exist inside of the father uh, just us just us who are humans we we did exist in him and there's still more there and they're still coming <laughs> they're still coming so if you love god and you're serving god with all your heart is it possible for you to ever miss your destiny in god or live out the books that have been written about you i think it would unless you totally decided you didn't want to I think unless you, if you ever said, I don't want to do, and sometimes he might need you anyway. And he has this way of getting you to change your mind without forcing you. He just does. So sometimes you're very important. Everyone's important. He made me reword that everyone is important to God. And he loves us all the same. And we are his children. It's like if you had children, you'd love them all and they would be different and they might want to do different things, say different things. They may respond differently, do a lot of different things. That doesn't mean you don't want them. And so even sometimes when children don't listen and they pay consequences, doesn't mean sometimes you don't. <laughs> it does not mean that you don't still love them. So the father is just like that. He really loves us very much. But that is where you came from if you ever wonder. You didn't appear, appear somewhere in time on some other planet and then found your way here. No, people come up with all kinds of excuses. No, I was from another world that nobody knows about. No, there is nothing like that. There is heaven. There's God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the divine. That's the Godhead. And there's heaven. And there's Satan and his minions. They live in hell. Well, they're supposed to live in hell. So there's always battle going on up. For us, you know, to, to try to pull us into whatever, especially on the enemy side. The enemy never asks permission, by the way. The father always mm -hmm. asks if you're going to do something for him, he will ask you. Satan never does that. Whatever you can get away with stealing, hurting, you know, that's Satan doing that. Okay. That's not the father. And so I wish everybody could know the father. And Jesus introduced me personally to the father. Mm -hmm. And he, loved his father so much he talked about him all the time when he was on this earth and how much he loved him and even when he was here on the earth he would go away to the mountain to spend time with him to this mountain that was in uh in israel and so except the one the three days that he couldn't that was when he was down in hell and he had jesus had an assignment to when he was um when he went to hell he was actually released his self his body his spirit from his body on the cross he descended into paradise, which was Abraham's bosom. That's where God put people who believed in him. They didn't really know the Messiah. Jesus had not come yet. And so he counted them righteous because they believed in him as, you know, as God. And, and let me tell you, I will tell you this. I've been to that place. I've been to paradise. There's no one in it right now. It's been empty. They all were, were, were taken out by Jesus Christ. It had golden buildings, people. It has a river, and I'm talking about a spiritual abode in the middle of the earth. Below that and off to the side is where hell is. There's a great gulf between uh, paradise, it calls it paradise in the Bible too, when Christ was on the cross talking to the thief who accepted Christ. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. He said that to the thief, mm -hmm. and he was. So Christ died first, the thief was still on the cross. 
and Christ descended down into paradise and he got to see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, everybody who would, who would um, you know, follow God for who he was. And I'm sure that even um, his father, the one who raised him, you know, he was there and also um, several other uh, people that had known Jesus when, when he was walking on the earth and they died, they were taken there if they were found faithful to believe in God. And he actually preached the gospel to all of them. It was really an amazing. But the place he put them in, now God counted these as his friends. They had feasts. They had tables set with feasts. And people were eating and they were laughing and uh, they were all talking. Of course, this is when Christ descended down there. But it was a beautiful place. I didn't expect it to be that beautiful. They had an atmosphere. They had a sky. These are all spiritual places, which shows you, yes, heaven is a real literal place, almost a spiritual realm. And people eat in heaven. They enjoy all kinds of activities in heaven. So if you're in your spirit man and you're in that spiritual place, it's much like you being in this physical earth in your physical body. Did the Lord take Enoch and Elijah? Did he take them to paradise in their bodies or did he take them with him oh. to heaven? He, they were in heaven. They were okay. two humans that were in heaven because the, the father caught up caught up uh, Enoch first. You know why? Because Enoch had such a great relationship. I mean, really relationship with them. He, he wanted to know them. He would talk to them all the time, lived a righteous life and, and loved people. I mean, he only lived to be, I think, 300 and something. Back in those days, you could live to be almost 1,000 years old back in the days when Enoch was on the earth, but they couldn't bear to be without him. They loved him so much, they just took him. They took him to heaven and he's been there ever since. And of course, Elijah also, all the powerful uh, things he did. And you know, even when he had to deal with the prophets of Baal and all that stuff like that, he wanted to go. No, Elijah <laughs> wanted to go to heaven, okay, he said so. So God sent a chariot for Elijah and Elijah got in this chariot and that he had told, um, he, I, I no, no. When he has spoken to people and said, "I'm going to be going. I'm going to heaven. You know, I want to go there." And but God actually sent this for him. So Elisha, who was his like, I guess he was mentored by Elijah. Elijah told him, "If you see me go, if you're around when you when I go up and you see me, I'll throw my mantle down to you." So Elisha just followed him everywhere. He was not going to miss that. Of course, that was God's plan for him to step into that place. And he did. He was there. So he, uh, um, Elijah threw his mantle down and Elisha caught it and struck the ground with it and said he was served the God, uh, the God of heaven and earth, the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he now would be that prophet. That, but he had a double. He did double miracles. He did double everything. And when he died, when Elisha died, uh, and he just went up in the mountains and died. And then years later, they threw somebody who had died over this mountain. And when they fell on the bones of Elisha, that person came back to life. Incredible. The anointing he carried, the anointing that you carry stays with the body. It doesn't need to go to heaven. It stays with the body. And so uh, that's why it's very powerful for people who are anointed to lay hands on you. But even this is a wild thing, even if they're cremated, uh, whether you're buried or cremated, that anointing you carried stays with your body. 
And when I got to visit Israel the first time, we were allowed to go into where King David's um, his sepulcher, where his his big tomb was. And uh, because they were the Jews, and you know they they had curtains dividing it, like the men got to go to one half of this place, and the women went to the other. Before I even reached the the tomb where he was in. I felt the anointing leaving that thing. I could feel David's anointing wow. leaving. And I heard songs he had sung. Not to give him told anybody this. I heard songs he had sung, um, whatever he was wearing when they, they actually buried his body, but he was wearing, and he's if he had sung in those garments, the garments would carry those songs. So I heard mm-hmm. I heard him singing. He wasn't alive, but that was anointing he carried. But the yeah. power anointing he operated in was wow. coming from where his body was in the tomb even though he was dead wow that's incredible cat i know i've heard your your testimonies from when you go to israel and you'll you still see the angels standing beside the tomb is that right that is absolutely right the same two angels that were that it talks about in the bible those two angels are there they guard the tomb because it is a holy place it's wow. where Christ was, his body was laid. It's where he was resurrected from. And a lot of people go in there and they would, they feel, this is wild, they feel a presence so strong. And those two angels carry anointing that was given to them by Christ. And then they were anointed to guard and protect, not just Christ when his body was in that tomb, but the tomb itself. So I would encourage you if you go to Israel, don't miss going to the tomb. And just be, be, just know that those two angels are still there. When we talk about um, Enoch, and we, okay, I want to ask you this question because I'm curious it, your take on it. But you know how there's two witnesses in Revelation that come and then uh, they get killed and they get raised three days later? Yes. <laughs> Do you know who they are? <laughs> Do I know? I don't know who they are. <laughs> I know it's humans who lived on the earth and they will live on the, I'm not saying they're here now, but they, they will literally be living on the earth when that whole thing happens, when the perilous times come and then the, the three short years that it will be in the perilous times and the tribulation three years long. Those are two people. I would think probably they might be prophets. Because they said things that so annoyed and enraged the Antichrist. I mean, they enraged him, but they probably declared things about God, probably did talked about Christ sitting on the throne in Jerusalem while he's trying to take over. And so, yeah, they 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 were martyred and they left their bodies laying in the street. They didn't even bury them. They just left them so so Antichrist could say, Look, I killed them. I killed them. And he was probably laughing until God raised him from the dead. <laughs> I know that's gonna be incredible. I think that'll be an amazing people amazing. need to think about the amazing supernatural yes. events that will actually happen on this earth. Yes. And that is one of them. I know my brother wants to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of talk to be one of the two uh, living witnesses. Yeah, I've heard people say it's Moses, it's yes. Elijah, it's Enoch, it's Elijah. Yeah. Moses and Enoch. I don't so think I'm, I was just them. curious. I do not think it's any of them at all. I don't think okay. so. Because, okay, number one, people, they already are immortal. <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they're immortal because they have gone to heaven. They couldn't come back and die. 
Okay, they couldn't come back here and then die. That's not even possible. It's not even possible. So it isn't them. It'll be somebody who lives in that time when all that's happening and they will be known uh, that they hear God, that they love God and they speak about him. So it can't be somebody who nobody knows. Okay, these two people uh, probably have, they're probably really tough, tough, strong-willed and everything because they had to be on the earth when it was really, really bad. This is not bad. I know it's not, you don't like it. I know it's, nobody wants it. But it's not anything like it will be in the perilous time, which is well, well, I'd probably say close to 200 years or more away because there's still too many things we have to do. But yeah, those witnesses, they're called witnesses because everybody's hearing them. They're probably on television. Uh, uh, I know they are annoyed and probably insulted the Antichrist because he couldn't wait to get rid of them. So when he killed them and they stayed dead, he should have learned from Jesus Christ. All right, people? He thought he had him gone too, and he shows up at the gates of hell on the third day. This is not going, I'm going in a different time zone, so you understand. I'm not in the perilous times, I'm way back. When when Christ died, was crucified on the cross, and his spirit man went down into paradise. He preached the gospel, he ate with them. The thief showed up because remember he Christ told him he'd be there and celebrated with him. And then when he knew the time came, you have to understand the way that God designed um paradise and then hell or hades sometimes it's called this was a place of delight and god's presence uh, uh was paradise and then hell was total opposite it was the abode of satan that he ruled there and a lot of demons ruled there and that's where torment was well nobody could cross over from where there was a great gulf i mean a great distance you couldn't just decide i'm going to go to hell and you wouldn't want to anyway if you were in paradise and yet Christ did go there. And he was the only one who ever went there like that. And he went over, showed up at the gates of hell. And then that whole scenario happened where Satan's thinking, I got him now. <laughs> no, he didn't. He got a lot, he got a lot of heat, fire, and lightning. That's what he got. Wow. And on the third day, when Christ stood up and melted the faces of the principalities and powers that were called him from all over the earth, principalities and powers are evil, wicked spirits that sit on wicked thrones around the world. And Satan called them in. He wanted them, their leader, to wanted them to see him torture the Son of God. Well, it didn't turn out that way. He wiped up hell, broke up part of it, melted the faces of the hierarchy of hell, stripped Satan of all his royal garb, all the gemstones he was wearing, and took away the keys of hell, death, and the grave, beat him up, and left him in the dust of hell. Pretty much, that's what he did. He 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 wasted it. That's what he did. And in the, the Bible, it says. That Christ, that Christ spoiled, this is why he's in hell, spoiled principalities and powers, making a show of it openly. Yes. You know why it was openly? Because those in paradise hadn't left yet. They had got born again, but they were watching. Because you could see the down into the courtyard of hell, you could see from where paradise wow. yeah. They were up there yelling and cheering on Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, Satan's just tearing them up, people. He's tearing them up. And so what a wonderful experience. That is a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And I know that paradise and hell aren't on the earth, but they are still part of earth. So that whole thing took place within the realms of the spirit realm in the earth. So that was an exciting day for everybody in heaven. I can tell you they were cheering too. And then he comes, explodes out of that grave. 
uh, picks his body up in the tomb, goes into the tomb. There's those two angels waiting right there. Comes up full of, full of light and glory because he had just mm -hmm. defeated hell. And, and he gets back right into his body. And, of course, he's an amazing thing. The stone is either blown away, rolled away, whatever you want to call it. And then wow. he goes outside and steps into the garden. That's why it's called the garden tube. Steps into the garden because he loves flowers. And that's where he was when Mary came and she thought he was the gardener. The, uh, nobody knows why she said that, but that's why. Because I was taken back and I saw that whole thing happen. Wow. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. So she came in to bring anointings. You know, she was going to anoint the body again and put, or herbs and put it on the cloth that was wrapped around him. And he wasn't there. <laughs> wow. He was not there, okay? And so they, they, she left to come outside and there was the gardener, she thought. And the only reason she said that was because he was in the gardens, not on the sidewalk, looking, not on the path. He was in the middle of all the flowers. And then when he turned around, she knew exactly who he was. Mm -hmm. Having revelation just makes the word come alive. But make yes. sure you realize that is your king. That, that, that God, Jesus Christ, he's our king. And I'm telling you what, he still rules over everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof is his. And this whole left group who think they can take it over, I would laugh. Ha, ha, ha. You don't get nothing because you don't own it. You didn't make it. You didn't make the people on it. And we belong to Jesus Christ. You're about to see. You're see the power of his justice. That's what you're about to see. I'm talking about the left right now. I'm talking about all the wicked, evil people. Or killing, stealing, and destroying, thinking that you have one and nobody knows. I tell you, somebody who knows Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Yes. And what about can Jesus or does Jesus still come? Like, you know how he appeared on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples and they didn't recognize him. And yes. even when he came to Peter, does does the Lord still come in that way? Like, could he be in a in our church service or could he be? appearing as someone where we're not recognizing his form does he still do I am that sure he does that because i've personally seen him <laughs> i've seen wow, him share i i've seen him too many times to tell you I, i've seen him a lot he comes into my home and talks to me no matter where i'm outside somewhere he'll come and talk does to he me. come does he come as his um his his form or does yeah. what, okay no when i see him it's him <laughs> I've okay. seen him in heaven. I've seen him on the earth. No, it's him in his physical body that he, he's been glor he is glorified. But uh, you can see the you can see the the this is where the the nail scars are. They're not here. They're not in the palm of his hand because that mm -hmm. weight of his body hanging on the cross it would have it would have ripped it would have ripped right the camper it would have ripped right through this. So literally, it's right here. These two joints in your wrist. It was they, he was nailed there, and you can put your whole finger in it. I mean, you can see them. And if the wind blows when he's here and it moves his hair, you can see all the holes and the, the wounds of where the holes were in his head. When they put wow. that crown of thorns on him, you can mm -hmm. see that. So in his feet, the same thing. You can. He still kind of wears sandals most of the time. I was going to ask, does he come barefoot? <laughs> now people need to understand. Before he came to the earth. Um, 
He dressed differently. He looked differently. Yeah, when he was called the word, the word was with God and was God, and there was nothing that was not made by him. It said he became flesh. He had flesh put on him. The word agreed to have flesh because he had to be born from the womb of a woman. So he had the right to choose, will I sin or not sin? He actually had that right to choose that. He had to be down here to live just like us, but he never sinned. Even walking as he was still God, but he was walking and living in a human body. And so Satan didn't recognize him. He did not know he was the son of God. He remembers what he looked like as the word. Because when wow. Jesus got the body, the physical body, it changed. It changed his appearance. And he still has that body. He's about six foot tall, something. He's very muscular because he lifted trees down here. He's a master carpenter. And he, he worked all the time. So he was. I wouldn't say he wasn't a gloriously beautiful face like some handsome man. Uh, but he had a real strong features and everybody loves him. It doesn't really matter, but I just sometimes people want to know. Yeah. So he had to walk this earth just like us. He experienced temptation in every way like we do, but he never sinned. Therefore, of course, living and walking as us, he already was righteous because he was a son of God. But the fact that he chose not to sin in his human body, that really, he really was righteous and hell. And he knew this. When he descended into hell from Abraham's bosom, he himself knew the father had already told him on the third day, I will raise you up. This is what's going to happen. I will not have contact with you during those three days. This was all on his own. He had to be there to make the choices. And, and he, he did know that his father would raise him up again. But he didn't talk to him again from the time he was on the cross before he died. And the father did not look upon him. He had to be there. This, this couldn't be something where the father was empowering him with extra grace and mercy. He literally had to experience the suffering and the torment and the crucifixion. He had to say yes, because what he took to the cross wasn't just his body. Right before that, when the soldiers came to get him, he was in the garden, Garden of Gethsemane, which I have been in. And I knew exactly where he had been, where he knelt, where he prayed, because there's so much glory in that very spot where he did that. And the angels came and tended to him, the same two angels, when they were sent from heaven to comfort him and minister to him. Uh, uh, that was just, I don't know if it was a reward the Father gave them for something or whatever, but of why they were chosen, but they were there. They, when they came, brought the cup. And everybody should know Jesus Christ had to drink a cup, not 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 made. Uh, well, the cup was made on the earth. That was a cup that was a gift he took to his father in the mountains one time. One of his first good projects, Jesus Christ actually made the cup he drank from. And the father had put all that stuff in it because that stuff, every evil, wicked thing, no matter every evil thing, every disease had to go in that cup because he bore that on the cross. That's why he has power over all of it. That's why he has a right. And the only one who can forgive sins because he carried all of that sin in him when he drank it in the garden. Mm -hmm. So he died in the garden when he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Because he was, you know, he was righteous, right? Mm -hmm. God. But he had to drink this and carry it it was a, it was a spiritual stuff in the cup but it was a real literal physical cup 
he drank mm -hmm. it. And so those two angels brought that cup from heaven, filled with that stuff. And they had to give it to him in the garden. I can imagine how hard that would have been. And then they, they, they had to witness, they were there as witnesses that he drank it. Mm -hmm. So then all of that was in him. It didn't make him evil. He was the carrier, destroyed that stuff, the power mm -hmm. of that stuff. So mm -hmm. that's why he went to the cross. It was crucified. All of that stuff was crucified and therefore gave him the right to forgive sins. And so that's why he is the only one who can forgive because he bore it. He chose to. And so can you imagine making a gift for your father and then it comes back to you with all this in it? But that's what those angels did. So their reward was to remain here on the earth by the tomb, get to see all the people just worshiping Jesus Christ, thanking him and everything. But that is their position right now. They are still there outside that tomb. And so wow. that's that for whatever reason he chose them to do that, that's what they did. I know there's a question on here if I can find it. It's okay. Lynn asked, have you been shown what actually happened on the day of Christ's crucifixion and how there was darkness for three hours? The time span is too long for a normal eclipse. Yes. Um, I have seen glimpses of the crucifixion. Uh, as wild as it sounds, I don't see a lot of violence. I'm not showing a lot of violence on purpose because I, I'm here. I carry hope mm -hmm. and joy and celebration and revelation. And so he doesn't really want me to have to. It's not like I, I experienced it. I saw him on the cross. Mm -hmm. And I, I do know I heard him say the things to John that he said in the Bible. I actually did see that. So he's taken me. It's not that I'm better than anyone else, but I have a photographic memory and this is my assignment. And I've always been, uh, I know that I've always was supposed to have this assignment, God told me. And so because if I'm going to reveal heaven, the mm -hmm. Father, the, Son, the Holy Spirit, their operations and their actions and stuff that happened in the spirit realm, they would have to take me to these places to bring truth about them. And mm -hmm. so I did see glimpses. I got to see Mary crying uh, over him. I got to see him tell John, behold your mother, and to her, behold your son, uh, because Jesus Christ had to die not as the son of Mary, but the savior of Mary. He had to die on that cross. That's why he gave his mother and the care of his mother to John. And that's what he was doing at that moment uh, at the cross. I did get to see that. I, I got to see, I saw him when he loosed his spirit man from his body. He descended into Abraham's bosom. I saw that. I was taken to Abraham's bosom. So when I'm shown things, it's not a vision. It is in that time I'm taken to that time mm -hmm. and shown what actually happened. I'm pretty certain at this point that we will write a Revelation Bible. And it will have all the revelations he's given me wherever in those scriptures he's given me. It will be in the not in place of the scripture, but it will probably be down at the bottom and explain what happened mm -hmm. in the spirit of things happened. So, but he had to do that in order for me to understand things and know. Yeah, things. that wasn't a pleasant time mm -hmm. to be there at the cross. People were really just heartbroken. Some of them had fear in them, uh, mm -hmm. and then of course the powerful thing that began to happen. Darkness came on the earth. The, the veil was rent in the temple. In yes. the Holy of Holies, it was rent. It was rent.
But I think, I don't know if it was Rent, I think it was Rent, I don't know if it was from the top down or from the bottom up, I don't remember what it was, but it was Rent saying, what that was saying was now man, righteous man, now had the right to step into that place yes. because because we had the ability to receive Christ as our Savior, and that, that made us, that means we were just, okay, we were righteous, we were not unrighteous anymore if we received Christ. So there's reasons why all those things happened. The earthquake came. Uh, over 500 dead were walking around alive in the city. That's all the most, that's amazing to me. Yeah, because he had died. He, it was finished. Now that part, when he said it is finished, when Christ said that, he was talking about your salvation, the way of salvation. That was done. It was already handled. You just have to repent and receive him. So that was what he did the cross for, but he really wasn't done with being here on the earth. He didn't just go home to heaven when he died on the cross. He had something else to do. He had to take back our authority and dominion that, that Adam had given away to Satan because he chose Satan's words and chose to operate under Satan, the things he did, and not God. What he was doing was giving away his rights to Satan to, be, uh, to have dominion. Christ had to win that back. It had to be a just, righteous man. They had to go into hell and take that back for us because hell cannot keep a righteous person. And they had to know that. Yeah. So when Jesus showed up and on the third day, he wasted them and he walked out of there uh, having uh, taken the things away from Satan that no longer he had the right to have. So yeah. it, it was quite a powerful time. All of those encounters were very powerful times. So uh, someone else asked on here if I could, they asked about um, visions because you were just talking about how you were actually, um, how you were, you were actually taken there, that it was not just a vision that you, so they were asking the difference between, if I could find it, the difference between how do you know if it's a vision or if you're really taken there? I think most people know that they're really taken there because <laughs> everything in that place is alive. It's active. Um, in a vision, you're, it's like you're watching a movie. You know if you're in a place or if you're watching something on TV, you just know it. You know. There's mm -hmm. a huge difference. You're, you're smelling the air. You're tasting stuff. You're hearing things right there, and you're standing there next to some of the people who are doing it. So it's not a vision is different. A vision mm -hmm. is sometimes see things a little bit far off sometimes, even if you see a vision and it's close, it's still not the same as standing next to the people oh, yeah. who, are, who this encounter is happening with. So I know, I mean, I know what a vision is. I used to have visions. I don't have dreams either. I never dream. So don't ask me to interpret your dream. I wasn't there, so I can't help you with that. There are dream wow. interpreters that do do that uh, for God, but. I'm a, re a revelator. That means I reveal things. I reveal truths. I reveal things about places, about the word, about heaven, about hell, about time. And so that's what my that's what my uh, assignment is. So you you know that you know you once you experience you through experience you know there's a complete difference between actually being taken and just maybe a movie screen opening up before your eyes and seeing an yes. open vision. Total difference. Yes. Okay. Total difference because a long time ago when I used to have a vision, I know what it's like. I'd be sitting somewhere and then like everything would disappear and I would be watching, but I knew I was watching. I knew I wasn't in that. I wasn't in the scene. I wasn't yes. with the people that were in that in, in that thing. So an encounter, 
is totally different than a dream or a vision. You you are literally physically encountering something. Yes. And it's like, you know, you're there. Like I knew when I was taken back in time and I, I was taken to right at the time when Christ was uh, resurrected, I was in the garden. I know which, which uh, there's two different tombs. They say there is, there's the one that's inside this little pretty, uh, like, I don't know what it is, like a temple or something like that. And they have beautiful tiles in the floor and everything. And they say, that's the place where he died, but it wasn't. It's the one outside, it's Gol Golgotha. It does look like a, a skull, the, the mountain thing that he's in. His gardens are everywhere. So that is the right one. The one that's outside is the one that Christ actually was in, the tomb he was in. And so, uh, yeah, I knew I was, I knew I was there because I could touch the ground. I knew my feet were touching the ground. Wow, you know, if you're walking amazing. something or you're walking on the ground, there's a big difference. If you pick up stuff yes. that's in that encounter, if you hold things in that encounter, so there is a big difference. Yeah, that's that explains it really good, Kat. Um, David, he's ten years old. He asks, "What language did God speak when He created the world or the earth?" Now, when I heard him speak, I heard him speaking in English. It, may, it didn't have to be that. But in order for me to be able to share with people, since I don't speak Hebrew and I don't speak Greek and I don't speak, you know, other languages that were around on the earth at that time, I speak English. Now, if he wants to tell me what they said, sometimes he may do that, especially if it's angels talking. Angels have their own language. They can also speak any language on the earth. Angels can't. Uh, but sometimes they have their own language also. I don't always understand what they're saying, but then they may they may turn to me and say what what was just said. But I heard um, God say what he what he was going to create and what they actually used to do uh, when Christ's name was the word. It was the father, the word and Holy Spirit. That's what the Trinity was. And but they still were, you know, they didn't they didn't become somebody different. Mm -hmm. uh, even though Christ had flesh put on him and his features changed, changed. That's why Satan was questioning him, by the way. Let's go back to that scene uh, when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. He wanted to find out if he was a son of God, but he didn't know for sure he was. Mm -hmm. And Satan at that time didn't tell him who he was. He just used the word of God to make him leave when he said, if you, you know, if you, he was asking Christ to do these different things to see if he actually was Jesus Christ. And he didn't, he wouldn't do any of them. He gave him an answer of the scripture. He wasn't going to turn stones into food. He wasn't going to jump off the cliff. He wanted to jump off the cliff and prove that he was the son of God. And Satan said, I'll give you all these. He was showing him all the kingly stuff and everything and wealth, which he always lies with. And Christ wasn't fooled at all. Yeah. So until Christ said he was the son of the living God, and then that was repeated by his disciples. He did not know that he was the son of God until that. So in the temptation part, he didn't find out because he didn't look the same. When when Satan was Lucifer and lived in heaven, Jesus didn't look, look like Jesus Christ. He was the word. He was a spiritual being. He had a spiritual body. He had all of his arms and legs and everything. But his very features changed when he had flesh put on him. They didn't take, mm -hmm. the, the, they didn't take the appearance of the word. That's his name. They didn't take those features and put them on. He had to be born to the womb of a woman. Mm -hmm. And so that's within, then when he had his body, then that body developed its own image, which he still has that body now. So that's one way that Satan didn't have a clue who he was because he knew what he looked like when he was in heaven. Wow.
Can we can we do a couple more questions? We're at an hour. The time goes by just so fast. Um, okay, Edmund is 13 and he wanted to know, can you change your um, age in heaven or will I always look and behave a certain age of maturity? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Um, nobody looks old in heaven, so let me just say that. If you die, go to heaven, you look like you're in your 20s. Your spiritual body looks like it's in its 20s. There is no age in heaven because there is no time in heaven. Nothing decays. Nothing gets old, just so that you understand that. So no matter what age you were on the earth, normally... When you die and go to heaven, unless you're young, because if you were young when you passed away, you would still be that young in heaven. And you would actually stay that young until I think probably until the dead in Christ are raised. And when your mother passes away, when she's ready to Jesus to take her, she will finish raising you in heaven. So if you're young when you die, you look young in heaven. But if you're older when you die, you look young in heaven. Everybody's young. (laughs) And so that that I can I can just tell you that. And I think, yes, I have seen people. Um, a lot of people want to be like a child, and there is a place you go to. It's a fun place in heaven where you can be younger. Let's say you died and you were 90, but it but you want to be like, and you would normally look like you're in your 20s, but what if you want to be five again? This place when you go to when you step into the boundaries of the place. She would, if you, let's say it's a woman, she wanted to be five, you would be five while you were in there. But when you came back out of that place, because it's like, sort of like an amusement park, you can be mm-hmm. five, play like a five-year-old, laugh, you still know who you are. Sometimes friends go together and do that, and it's a lot of fun. I I haven't done that. But when I go to heaven, I look eight, just so you know that stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, almost every time I'm taken, when I get there, I'm eight. They want me oh. to understand, this is why. He's going to speak to me like what he would say, explain revelation to an eight-year-old. That's why all the revelations are simple. None of them are so, so, uh, you know, brainiac that you couldn't understand what I was saying. If some Mm -hmm. wise person who was studying university for 30 years explained something, you'd be wondering, wow, the, the stuff is so detailed, I can't understand it. He wanted people to understand like a child. So that's why he makes me eight. And I look eight when I'm there. <laughs> I remember I was I was interviewing Kim Kim Robinson and she said that she was she would see the the people hold hands like the father and the daughter. And the yeah. daughter would she said would before they entered this like circus tent would go down to like five or eight years old. Uh-huh. And so it's like you're saying there's places you can go so where yes, that in heaven, it was probably at the amusement park, probably. Yeah. She talked about the circus and how you can yes. go with your parents and you can actually be like a little kid again. Yes. So that's yeah. really cool. So okay. yes, that, that part is that part you can you can do that. Yes, that's amazing. God is so wonderful in all his ways and so creative and beyond what we can think or imagine, right? So Annette asks, what happens when people with special needs die? Is there anything special for them based on their disabilities? Yes, you don't have them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. Amen. There are no blind people, crippled people, sick people, handicapped people. They don't, they're not there. You are made whole. If you're sick and you're in the hospital, you're not doing well. Uh, I don't know, maybe you lost a limb or something. 
the day you pass away and your spirit man steps out of this physical body, no matter what infirmities or handicaps that had, you have none. And there are none in heaven. So nobody has to have crutches or wheelchairs. There's none of that exists in heaven. What, Jen? I said no Down syndrome, no autism. No Down syndrome, no autism, no none of it. None of it. Your brain is perfect. Your physical, mental, emotional is made perfect. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. That's that's a great answer for you, Annette. Um, Jesse asks, how does the sea of forgetfulness work? I, I just know that that's where the father puts all the sins that he forgives. You know, whenever you repent uh, of sin, uh, he takes those and they're put. It's not on. It's not in heaven. It's outside mm -hmm. of heaven. And I haven't seen it itself, but I know that's what they do. It's sent there. And the father, when he sends it, is never remembered because see, he's a judge. He's a some. Uh, he also is a judge in heaven and judges things in heaven. And Christ also is involved this whole in this whole thing. When somebody repents to Christ for all their sins, those sins are taken to the Father. So he has evidence that they repented. That's why they do it. Then the Father sends them to the sea of forgetfulness, and he doesn't remember them. You can't even bring up these sins. He'd be thinking, why are you doing that? I don't even know that. I don't even know what that is. I don't remember that. And he did it, he did it on purpose. So it would dwell in his soul. So if you have repented of your sins, don't talk about them anymore. Don't tell people. Uh, you know, if you have a, you're a, having a meeting in a church and you want to give your personal testimony, that would be okay. But don't run around telling everybody else. You know, I used to do this. I used to take drugs. I used to steal from people. I'm like, don't say that because then you're living in your past. You are a new creation, new meaning none of that is a part of you anymore. Talk about the new creation you are. You know, I, I used to sing, but no more sin is not a part of my life. I'm living a holy because of Jesus Christ, what he did for me. I totally gave all that back to him and it's gone. Yes. It's gone. And someone asked on here too, if I could find it, because I read all these questions before. Someone asked about your soul, if I could find this, because is it important to you know when you repent you're is that loosing it from your soul when you're repenting or should it maybe if or you're still one, dwelling on it should you loose it from your soul well you shouldn't be dwelling on it but when you repent of your sins okay it is automatically the sin which abides in you by the way until the day you repent of it it's in you that sin is still in you and uh, once you repent of it, it's taken away from you. It's taken out of you. So I would tell people, don't let the enemy try to bring it back. He will try to bring those images back to you saying, no, I've repented. That's not a part of me anymore. I would actually tell people to say that. Um, but no, once you, once you at repentance, you wouldn't necessarily have to lose it from your soul. You just have, if the devil tries to bring it back, say, no, it's gone. And just Resistant. say, that one, no, it's gone. And then he'll just give up. So, but when you repented of something, it's not something you can dwell on. But I promise you, if you have sinned as a believer, you will think about it all the time until, this is after you've repented to Christ and you're now a believer, you've been set free from the sin, it's been removed from you, you're clean on the inside, your soul, your spirit man has nothing in it, none of the sin is in there for you to think about or choose again. 
uh, you're free. You're free. You've been made free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't let anything uh, come back up to you. The enemy is the one trying to do that. So don't believe him. Just tell me he's a liar. You don't do that anymore. Yes. Uh, but once you've been set free at the time of repentance, usually people don't just loose from their soul. They've already just spoken. You're actually speaking to Christ. He reaches in and takes it out. But anytime after you've been born again and you sin, you do need to repent of it because if you don't, it'll stay in there and you'll think about it all the time and over and over again. And then the Satan will begin to beat you up. Look at you. You're supposed to be righteous. Now you've sinned. You've lost it. You might as well just go, throw your life into the, into the, just give it to me. That's what he liked to say. So you can't let sin ruin your life. Yes. That's why it's important. And the Bible says, since grace abounds, should sin abound should sin abound and he says god forbid that's the answer when they're asking the disciples you know because yes. grace is here and we're saved by grace uh can i go out and sin now because i've been forgiven and they're asked what they're actually asking and the answer to them in the bible is god forbid yeah that means god doesn't want you to do it in case you wonder no don't go sin because then you will be unrighteous there's yes. right the blood of christ is unrighteous when you sin and there are people who preach once forgiven always forgiven that does not say that in the bible yes it, does. it right. says it says if you if you have sinned right so now you're unrighteous will christ forgive you and he says yes christ will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness when you repent that's what the word says if they've left it in the bible that i can let you know for sure that's what the bible says no don't sin but if you have, go repent to Christ and then yes. he will take it out of you and then you will be righteous. Yes. If you sin as a Christian, yes, you're unrighteous because you sin. If you don't want to be unrighteous, you repent and then the sin is removed. And that is probably one of the most important messages that should be preached in every single church. Yes, I agree. Because you know why? If you sin and you don't repent, the devil will get you to do it again. And when he keeps doing this, you'll sin worse and worse and worse because you never repented for the first sins that you did. So yes. keeping the sin out of you is very easy. You just repent. And you can get to a place where you actually live holy. I do not sin. I do not sin at all. I choose not to sin. It says, be holy as he is holy. Be perfect. Be perfect. If yes. it wasn't possible to live that way, he would have said so. So yes, yes. You can. Don't point at the past. The Bible says, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But did you ever realize what this scripture is actually saying? What what sin was that? Coming short of the glory, meaning because you have sinned, you will not produce glory for God. You mm -hmm. can't take the glory and then later impart the glory. The glory is a, a very uh, extremely important thing. When you sin, it will be taken from you. You can't carry the glory because you have sin in your life. So that scripture that everybody uses to say everybody's a sinner, that's mm -hmm. not what scripture means. Yeah. The sinned part, sin, that's past tense. For all have sinned. At one time in your life, you sin. And yeah. you're short of the glory of God at that point. But when you repent, it removes all of it. And then when you yeah. do God, you are creating glory for Him because you are righteous. The glory builds in you. You can say to Christ, I give it to you, but He's going to make you wear it. You take it. As the Bible says, the knowledge 
and knowing and understanding of what the glory is. It will be demonstrated all over this earth, just like the waters from the sea. Well, this earth is two thirds water. In other words, what they're saying is you will many times carry that glory to different places and you would release it from yourself. It causes a shock wave of glory penetrating buildings and cities and people. And it begins to change their heart and what they think about Christ. So the glory, how do I know that you do that? Christ in you is the hope of glory. The hope that yes. you will create it, that you will carry it, and that you will impart it to change places. Yes. That's what Christ, that's what that scripture is, revelation. So all of this needs to be understood. Yes. Then is the beginning. You can pursue a greater relationship with Christ. Amen. Every day of your life, not the sin. Amen. And even in John 17, uh, Jesus says he gives us the same glory that the Father's given him. That's so right. that he tells us, I've given them the same glory. That's right. Which is amazing. Well, Kat, thank you so much for all. There's so many more questions that are. I mean, I could be on with you for, I could take three hours of your day, but I know you're busy. Um, so thank you so much for being on with us today. And would you pray for everybody um, oh, I definitely before we will. close? Yes. Father, I pray for all those watching God and those who will watch later, that they know you like your son knows you, that they understand your heart for them, that you do know what's going on in this world, but you have a plan to change it. I thank you, Father, for loving us to bring justice, really powerful justice, not just to America, but to every single country. There are believers all over this world crying out for, for you to, to help and to, to do something about the evil. He so intends to do that. So, Father, right now, I just impart the life of God, the presence of God, the power of God, authority over the enemy. He is your doormat. He is not your king. I release an impartation of the presence of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, his will, his way, that this day you will run after him and know him and know that he will come to get you the day your day is up on this earth. He will come to get you. He will take you home to heaven and walk you up the steps of the throne. And your celebration will begin then. Because in heaven, you exist to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, Kat, thank you so much. Wow, it's it's like waves when you pray. I feel like waves of the glory. Um, would you share how everyone, I know we have revealingheaven.com on the screen now, but I know you also have another website where people can find your stuff. Um, yes, um, it is called catcur.com. That is a, what I call a spiritual platform for the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit to say what they want to whenever they want to, and I post it there. There's videos you can watch of some of the interviews I've had with people. There's, I think there may be testimonies on there. But there's many videos you can watch that teaches you how to pray for your family over certain things, how to declare things for him, how to know more revelation. So it's a really awesome place. There is a gallery on there where I have created images of what it looks like in the spirit realm, places in heaven that you can enjoy and see. Uh, th so that is what that's about. It is also the only place on the earth you can give to me online is at catcur.com. And by the way, I need to let people know there is a new fake Facebook page. 
and it's called profit cat curve. I don't ever put that oh. anything. Um, that is not my Facebook page. My Facebook page is the cat curve. And so if it doesn't say the cat curve, uh, then that's not my page. Even though it's got my face on it, people just stole my image. And usually they'll say, send money to this group for this and send money. And they'll give you a link. And what they're trying to do is rip off your money. Yeah. So but we make a place for you to give online if you want to. As I said, it's called catcur.com. And you can click on the information about the guardian zone, which is what we call it. I'm actually wearing a guardian uh, zone a pin right here today on purpose. This is what people receive when they give to me on a monthly basis or a, an annual basis, whatever you want to do. And we send out gifts. We already send out our first wave of gifts. We have some more we're going to be sending out. And I'm so grateful to all of you. And you have something for me to show, Jen. Oh, one of the things we're doing right now is we are creating a lot of new images to put on on our on our in our store on cat on the Re Re okay. revealing revealing <laughs> And because the last calendar we did um, was all about two two events that will happen on this called the fire and the glory and that counter is all about baptism and fire which will happen and also the glory i just talked to you about beginning to impart the glory in places that you go to this calendar was done for that purpose so the father has put images we have an image of the father uh sitting on a throne the commissioning throne room not the main throne room we have a picture of christ with fire in his eyes so we also created an, an image of the invisible being, the third member of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to show you that image. And it looks like an invisible being coming through a fiery portal. One thing that is always around when Holy Spirit is, is the fire. The fire is like blue fire. Um, and he carries that fire. He creates portals to go through, to come to the earth and other places. So here is that image right here. It may be shiny. I gotta, yeah, move it over there. There you go. Can you wow. see? Wow. So that is the invisible spirit of God. You know, he does have a body. He has a whole real body. It is invisible. In heaven, you see the outline of his body. You see the outline of him. And so, yeah, there's the fiery portal he came through. And it says right here, yeah, it says Holy Spirit, invisible, and what does it say? Something with Filled fire. With fire. Filled with fire. But at the bottom of the top says, live holy, because when you live holy, here's what it says. Be dangerous against hell. There you go. Amen. So we have these posters available now on our store. They're not, this is on phone core. And you can take like Office Max or um, Office Depot, and they can take that poster and put it on phone core. It's a really high quality poster, and it is that big. And we send that's it to awesome. you in the tube. So the father wanted it re released. So that's what we have that's new. We also have these cups that are new. They say they're coffee cups, hot tea, coffee. I put uh, I get a hot chocolate or a Coke in it. And uh, I don't drink a lot of Coke, people, just so you know that. Uh, <laughs> we have many new images. I think we also showed this before already. If I can get a hold of this one underneath here, I can show you. I think these all have this one might not. Here we go. It does. This is shiny, but we we thought people would love to see. I talk so much about the portal in heaven where all your family comes to see you. And um, if I can get this up, I'll use this one. 
where they come to watch your life, declare over you, pray for you. And this is it right here. And that is actually in heaven. That's where they go if they want to see mm -hmm. when babies are born, when marriages happen. They don't miss it all, miss any of that stuff. They go on your birthday every year to this place in heaven and they lean over a balcony and they actually sing happy birthday to you. So that looks like a really big building, Kat. It's massive. It's massive. And <laughs> at the bottom of those columns, you see like screens, like a media screen. But wow. the ones the ones on the one side will show you when your family member is going to is got born again. And on the other side of the room, those screens show you when they're about to come to heaven. That's how people know to meet you at the gate. Oh. So this is now it not in the scene are all the angels flying overhead in this place, beautiful angels in there. And um angels even go too with with people with uh if they were guardian angels, sometimes they will go too stand next to your family members they declare over you so they haven't forgotten you your family love you probably more in heaven than they ever did on this earth they're declaring over you they're praying for you the angels are heaven is cheering you on in your life in this race we run for jesus christ amen, amen. well thank you cat so much for being with us today Make sure you guys don't follow any fake accounts and just a general rule for Facebook and Instagram. Don't give money that way. <laughs> go, no, no. go to the minister's website or a secure place um, yeah. to give money. And Kat, we love you just, we love you so, so much. We Thank love you so all much. your team. Hello to everybody behind the scenes yes. there with you. I know there's a bunch of people there. We love you guys too so much. Make sure that everyone uh, joins us tomorrow. Steve will be here with Mike Thompson. You don't want to miss it. Have an awesome day and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.